0: It's 835, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, joined by Gene Miller. This is continuing coverage of the breaking news story. At least 50 dead, several hundred people injured, and um, th- that the death total, will, unfortunately, will probably increase as more things uh, occur. Shooting last night, um, Gene, let's bring everybody up to date for people just tuning in.
1: Yeah, this happened outside the Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino at the south end of the Vegas Strip. Most of you, I think, have been to Vegas. If you haven't, of course, Vegas is the Strip, which is, what, six, eight lanes of traffic in each direction where all the major hotels are. At the very top, you have downtown Las Vegas. At the very south, you have the Strip and then McCarran International Airport, where most of us fly in on charters and whatever the case may be. It was outside the Mandalay Bay that this concert was going on featuring Jason Aldine and others. It's been going on for like four years now, this annual event, in a lot outside the Mandalay Bay. A gunman on the 32nd floor of the hotel opens fire as Jason Aldean is starting his set. Aldean made it to safety, but many other people did not. Some 400 injured, either wounded or maybe hurt, trying to get away in the stampede that followed. 50-plus uh, dead. And of those injured and wounded, some are in critical condition. So, sadly, it's maybe safe to assume that that uh, 50 death toll may climb. The gunman... Killed himself, according to authorities at their last briefing. He is Stephen Paddock, 64 years old, from Mesquite, Nevada, nearby uh, Las Vegas. He... Uh Like I said, is 64 years old. He was with a companion, Mary Lou Danley, who authorities were seeking right after the incident. It is believed that she is in custody and talking to authorities. Paddock was found in this room dead with at least 10 rifles, maybe more. And if you've heard the tape, if you've seen any of the video from the scene and you hear how rapidly these shots are coming... Again, I'm not a gun guy. I'm not an expert. It's, but clearly, it, an auto, it's clearly an automatic yeah. weapon. It, right. it almost sounds like a machine gun.
0: Right, and it's clearly an automatic weapon. And, of course, in this country, without a special permit, it is it is illegal for people to own machine guns. What you have to do is you you, you can get special approval, and you register with ATF, and a local sheriff can sign off on it, but... Um, in this case we don 't know yet where the man got the firearm we don 't know if it was a situation where he took a semi automatic rifle and converted it to fully automatic, which happens from time to time and I guess, Gene, one of the questions I had as I was driving down and, and you guys were, were talking about it if you 've stayed in these Vegas hotels um, they don't they don 't open out to the world and and I mean again i I regularly stay in the MGM, which is right its kitty corner from the Mandalay bay and you 're right, this is all in the extreme southern end of the strip you 've got the airport and the Mandalay Bay and MGM are are the, the two probably closest major hotels to the airport. But you, you stay in the rooms, and you can't open the windows. So are the theory is if this guy was in his hotel room, he shot out the window or something Brown, like that. Down,
1: yeah, because there are no balconies either, so right. he didn't have a perch to sit on. He must have just blown out the window with, with this weapon and then was firing down into... Uh, Indiscriminately. Yeah, fish in a barrel. For over ten
0: minutes, the, the gunfire occurred, and it's interesting. You listen to some of the reports of this, and you have a number of the. And, and this was this was a like a what do they call it? The Route ninety one Harvest Festival or something. So you know, one of these these um, ongoing concerts and things like that. But it's open air. It, it's not like. A lot of times when people, when I go to concerts in Las Vegas, I go see Jimmy Buffett or Rod Stewart or whatever, you're in a controlled environment. You're inside. This is one where you've got all these people that are just outside um, in the festival type of setting and are, are very, of course, exposed to this sort of thing. And, again, Jane was saying earlier, the reports are this man checked in, had been in the hotel for about three days right that's what we think
2: that that is what the las vegas police have said that he was there since september 28th and they believe that would have given him time if he wasn't going to bring in all these weapons all at once this would have given him an opportunity to get what they say were 10 rifles uh, up to his room on the 32nd floor
1: so you wonder do we change protocols now do you have to have metal detectors at hotels do you do you screen people for that can you make hotels gun-free zones I don't know about the legalities of that, how that kind of a thing would play, but you've got another situation with a soft target and someone with a lot of machinery.
0: Well, and and how does it work practically as well? It's 844. Jeff Wagner joined by Gene Miller, 620 WTMJ. This will be continuing coverage, and obviously we're going to be spending certainly most of my show and perhaps most of the day covering continuing developments in the Las Vegas shooting last night. Um, uh, Largest mass casualty situation in the United States in history. Unfortunately, this is the second time we've been able to say that in the last year. The Pulse nightclub uh, shooting, of course, being the 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 previous, I say, winner in quotation marks. President Trump is going to be addressing the nation at 9.30. We will carry that live. Gene, before the break, you were talking about uh, how do you deal with things like this in the future? I mean, the, the, the man checked into the Mandalay Bay Hotel. He was there for three days. We assume he systematically... Brought weapons, whether it's in suitcases or duffel bags or whatever. Plus the ammunition, right up to up hundreds to the room, of pounds, yeah. right. And of course, I mean, I, I was thinking if somebody regularly goes to Vegas, the the hotel lobbies are always just like a, a crowded train station. I mean, you you always have you know a, a check in time or check out time. There are always hundreds of people you know milling around. There's long lines to check in. There's long lines to check out. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, as a practical matter. If you had every one of the guests who had to, you know, in some cases, I mean, the check-in process, depending on when you hit it in Vegas at some of the busy hotels, the check-in process itself can take an hour or more. Um, And I'm trying to think, okay, what would this be if you suddenly had to put metal detectors up and have guards that were there going through every person's bag? I mean, it's just... It's not practical, unfortunately.
1: Well, and we've had past incidents at soft targets as well, and there have been no changes, I think, back to the movie theater massacres, plural, where we all thought maybe, okay, you're going to have to go through a metal detector to go to a movie. Now, that really didn't change. It's the same procedure. It's just, you know, life will go on. This is the price we pay for living in a free society. But that rings kind of hollow when you think, okay, 50 people dead in Vegas, 49 in Orlando at a nightclub. There's got to be something we can do to protect these soft targets, but what that is, nobody seems to know. But yet, the lone wolf or the terrorist, whatever the case may be, this is not a case of terror from what we're hearing. At least so far, they're still looking for the motive. But whatever the case, somebody with a lot of weaponry in a place with defenseless people in a huge crowd can inflict a a massive amount of carnage before authorities can intervene and take them out. And completely
0: unexpected
1: as well. I mean, Mike...
0: I mean, there's sometimes when you go to these events, maybe you go to a large political rally or something. At least in the back of your mind, there's always this thought that okay, well, maybe this could be some place where somebody would want to, you know, use the target. You, you go to one of these; these this is a street festival in in Las Vegas. I mean, that's the last place i mean i guess that's the last thing that those twenty-two thousand people were thinking
1: well think every hour in las vegas downtown on the other end of the strip you have that huge white show on street, fremont street fremont right, yep. and hundreds if not thousands of people especially on friday nights when they open it up to uh, all ages and everything and all the bar i mean it, it's just a crazy big party that's another soft target with lots of tall buildings around what well, do you, you do there
0: you also wonder moving forward is this does this make people rethink vacation choices? I mean, how many people are thinking, "Hey, you know, we're we're looking to go to Las Vegas, you know, in in February or March or something." Now, is this going to rethink that?
1: How many times do you go in the course of a year? 2-3. Well,
0: depending on depending on the year, two or three times always. I mean, I I was there in April and I will um I mean, I'll, I'll just share this. We, we could very well have been there. I think a lot of people know. I got married on Friday night, and we were trying to consider different places, to go for honeymoons. Fran and I were in Vegas, had a great time late March, early April, and one of the things we were thinking, hey, do you, you know, should we go away for a quick weekend? That was, now, we ultimately decided not to do that. We were up at the American Club in Kohler instead, but um, it was one of the, we had a great time there. It's really special memories, and I tell you the truth, like I say, we stay at the MGM. If we had been there, my guess is we would have probably, you know, since that whole street festival is so close, we would have probably been there, maybe not that time of night. But that's, I think there's a lot of
1: people thinking exactly that. That's what I think makes it so personal for so many people around here, because you're a frequent goer. I go on occasion, but we all know someone. I've got a friend who goes six, seven, eight times a year. We've all been there. We can picture the landscape. We know right. the way of the land. It's very, very relatable. And um, sadly, I'm. I'm not trying to be morose here, but I would be very, very, I'd be, incredibly surprised if there are not a few wisconsin people that either were at this event or unfortunately may have been hurt or whatever the case may be because for just so many of us there i believe we're like the number one charter destination yeah. vegas uh, is the number one charter destination uh, for vegas wisconsin sends more tourists yeah. at least they did 10 years ago than anybody else i believe
0: well yeah absolutely and i mean it's it's a wonderful it's a again it, you you know if you're into that sort of stuff to see the shows or to gamble or, or whatever a or play golf it's a wonderful vacation venue It's 854. Jeff Wagner, Gene Miller. We're talking about the continuing tragedy in Las Vegas last evening. Gene, more details emerging about the the suspect. And this is, it's another one of these where many times, and I know you've covered these, where you have these shootings and you say in the aftermath, well, okay, we we could have seen this this coming. This is, I mean, emerging details. The guy's name, they're identifying him. as Steven Paddock, 64 years old, licensed pilot, hunting enthusiast, no criminal record, owned a $400,000 home in a retirement community um, in Mesquite that he bought in 2015. Um, no so, no criminal record, at least not in, in Las Vegas that they've been able to tell. They think he worked at Lockheed Martin as an auditor um, uh, I don't know where that would have been. No criminal record in Nevada, hunting fishing licenses, a pilot's license. They think he might have been the the manager at this apartment at this com- at p- apartment complex. But
1: does not fit the profile that we have become so accustomed to over these years and years of mass shootings. No social media presence.
0: You know, no at least that's what they're saying so far. No no Facebook pages, no no Twitter accounts, no, so many none of, these, of those things. Yeah, yeah,
1: so many of these lone wolves, literally, pardon the pun, called their shot on social media, would put out manifestos or threatening videos or something of that nature ahead of time. Uh, at least as of this far into the investigation, no indication that this was that this guy had these kinds of sick designs.
0: Yeah, and it's just and, which again is one of the things that just makes it so difficult i mean again there's some early reports and you you, we we always talk about the fog of war you know you have to be real careful about some of these things that develop early but some of i mean everybody's trying to get a story on these guys and i'm I'm looking at some of the quotation um one news story i'm looking at is track down his brother and said he was just a guy yeah that's what the 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 family is is dumbfounded about this they say he was just a guy something happened he snapped nobody knows what this isn't again it's not a you were you were talking last night about the interview um, with the congressman who right. was shot. Squeeze. Okay, well, okay, the, the guy who did that traveled from you know the Midwest to Washington, and I mean, okay, you you piece this back, and you could tell that the guy was a hardcore political activist who you know just got himself you know worked up into this criminal mode. This man, at least so far. There doesn't appear to be any indication as to what would have set him off in a situation like this.
1: Affluent, uh, borderline elderly at the age of 64. Be careful now. (laughs) I'm right up against it myself. But, yeah, when you look down the litany of, of mass shooters in the past, yeah, this guy does not fit your typical profile at all. Um, Just incredibly
0: frustrating. I tell you, what we're
1: going to do is, and Gene, I appreciate
0: you sticking around. um, Thank you. um, What we're going to do is, the president is supposed to speak at 9.30. Obviously, we'll carry that live. We're going to continue, um, Jane Matanera and the rest of our news department is all over this. We're going to continue to bring you updates during the morning on regular uh, regular opportunities. And and there's a number of aspects of this shooting that I want to talk about. But in, in situations like this, I think when something is happening, one of the great things and services that we can provide here at WTMJ is to sort of serve as a as an electronic town hall i mean there 's different directions I, I could take a topic, but what I think I, I want to do at this point is just open up the phone lines. Our numbers are four one four our number is four one four seven nine nine one six twenty that 's the Ackinet mortgage talk and text line, and I I just want to invite your comments and your thoughts, and I I don't want to structure the discussion in a particular way. We can talk about any aspect of this that you would like, whether it's can we prevent a situation like this moving forward, is there something that was foreseeable, does this mean we have to, is this a call for more gun control, whatever aspect. And in particular, um, if you are, like I suspect you may be, familiar with this area, if you have friends who are in Las Vegas now, family who's in Las Vegas now, have you talked to them? Because, again, there, there were 20-some thousand people, more than 20,000 people, at this concert. And my guess is a lot of people who were in Vegas last night, because this was this large street concert, probably were migrating down into that, that general area. Now, of course, the other aspect is that the Strip is pretty much locked down right at the moment. So you have people who weren't in their hotel rooms who now aren't able to get into their hotel rooms. But in any event, I I don't want to limit the conversation at this point in time. So we're going to open up the phone lines, 414-799-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I'd like to take your comments about any aspect of this developing story, your call. Um, We will be back to do that in just a couple moments. It's 859. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 906. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Obviously, continuing coverage of the mass shooting in Las Vegas. President Trump scheduled to address the nation in about a half hour or so. We will bring that to you live as well as continuous updates. Right now, though, I want to open up the phone lines. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is, at times like this, we we use this forum, sort of an electronic town hall, your chance to offer your thoughts as to what's going on. I think this hits home for a lot of people, again, because many, many people travel to Las Vegas. You're familiar with the area. Perhaps you have friends or family members who are either living in Las Vegas or are visiting Las Vegas now. Um, This raises a number of these continuing questions that we have as to, in a free society, I mean, how, how do you balance th- this this out? I mean, apparently you have sixty-four year old man, and these are the reports: um, no criminal history at all, living in a four hundred thousand dollar home in a retirement community about an hour and a half outside of of Las Vegas. No criminal history, no social media presence at all. No. Apparent political agenda, nothing like that. Who three days ago checks into the Mandalay Bay Hotel somehow brings in an arsenal of weapons on our text line? Somebody does raise an interesting point. Um, Harry and Walkershaw says, "I'm surprised that housekeeping didn't see anything in the shooter's room," which is, of course, a, a very, I mean, a very fair question. We don't know had the guy been there for three days and then just brought all these this firepower up um, at once. Did he have the Do Not Disturb sign on? I mean, I think these are, again, fair questions, and more details will emerge. But I want to use at least the first segment of the program as an electronic town hall, your opportunity to just, again, weigh in on any aspect of this story that you want. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Tom in the Wisconsin Dells. Tom, good morning.
3: Hey, good morning, Jeff.
0: What a horrible situation, huh?
3: Yeah, we run a venue here in Wisconsin Dells that seats about two thousand people, and you know it's interesting. We just had a band that's used, it's a larger band that's used to touring and doing a lot of uh, larger uh, venues than what we have, and so they're asking for you know are you are you checking everybody? Are you putting them through the whole security thing? And we're here in Wisconsin Dells, you're so in the middle of nowhere, and, and but now you look at this and you think. Okay, we we need to step everything up that we have and and it's it's sad, but but it is just the environment we live in.
0: Well, see, and, and I think what's so so scary about this, Tom, is at, at a at a venue, at, at a facility, indoor or, or outdoor. At, at least there's some degree of control. I mean, I, I'm thinking about, for example, Alpine Valley. You know, sure. you have you know you have you know entrance points and exit points, and you have guards and you have security detectors, metal detectors, and things like that that people have to pass through. This was right. pretty much a street festival, but again, you had somebody from outside the venue. Who was able to get up high and was able to, again, in this case, shoot down? And from your perspective, it's got to be scary as heck. How do you guarantee people safety?
3: Right, and we're also in the process of doing more outdoor events in Wisconsin Dells, and so this brings it to a whole new level and how you how you approach something like this.
0: Do you think this is the? And again. You know, you, you want to talk about these situations as being isolated, but at the same time, it, it seems like we we had the Pulse nightclub shooting, you know, not, not that long ago. It you, you seems like there's more and more things like this. Are you concerned that this is going to cause more people to perhaps rethink whether they're going to go to large events like this because of, of a fear of being out in the public?
3: Yeah, I, that that is yet to be seen. Yeah, <laughs> so, no. yeah but uh, thanks for all you do, no. Jeff. I really appreciate uh, it. Th-
0: thanks for the call, Tom. And I'm sure this. Is, I mean, this is this is it's it's an absolute nightmare scenario on on so many different levels. 414-799-1620, That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to um, Dave in Oak Creek. Dave, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning.
3: Uh very good morning. Um, just a little personal note. Uh, my kids got married on Saturday and they left yesterday oh. late afternoon for Vegas.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
3: And, uh, they had, uh, put something on Facebook like late last night, early this morning. And, you know, I didn't have a chance or I'm not, I'm not on Facebook that much. Right. And so I'm hearing this news and I'm freaking out yeah. and, um, Finally, I just as literally as we were uh, wait, I was waiting on hold. I did get a call from them, oh. letting letting me know that they're okay. Wow,
0: where were uh, uh, where were they supposed to stay? Do you know?
3: I don't. Um, okay. I don't know. It's like one of those things where all I want to hear is your voice, and I right. want to hear you're okay. Right. Everything else is irrelevant.
0: Right. Well, um, you you and you got to ima- I mean, you got to imagine, Dave, that there are tens of thousands of, of people who are exact maybe hundreds of thousands of people who are in exactly that situation you're in this morning all you know is your kids your your brother whatever is in vegas you know exactly. for a celebration wow no it's
3: and, uh so no, just uh you know and they were in their lift ride and they were diverted right. around that because they they said something they realized something was going on they didn't know what it was right but so they drove right past or would have driven right through that area where that was occurring. Right. To their uh, hotel. Yeah. But just as a, a note, you know, I, I understand, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, like myself, that aren't really tuned into social media. And so if you got family out there, and just let them know that. Give somebody a call.
0: You yeah. know? <laughs> no, no. At, at, no, absolutely. No, thanks. We were, I, I I will tell you, we were, I mean, I said this earlier, I got married on Friday. And um, Las Vegas is one of my very favorite places. We, I, I considered, we were going to go on a formal honeymoon like in, in February. But in one of the places we, we were, my, my wife and I were in Las Vegas, Late March, early April, we had a wonderful time. And actually, one of the things we, we thought about is, hey, maybe go. Out, let's just go out there for a couple of days or whatever. And, and ultimately, just decided, you know, no, we're, we're going to stay closer to home. And but we could have easily, we, we could have easily been there. And that's a situation I know that a, a lot of people are are in. And I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people in your situation, Dave, who just are are waiting to hear, you know, where were you? You know, what's going on? Are are you okay? So I think you're you're absolutely right. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Jackie in Kenosha. Jackie, good morning. You're at 620 WTMJ. Good
4: morning. I just wanted to really a a comment that I went to last April. I went to Louisville, uh, Thunder Over Louisville, which is the kickoff ceremony, the fireworks, for the Kentucky Derby. Okay. And I stayed on the Indiana side of the river, actually. And I was with someone who had been there for many years. We went there. All of the high-rise hotels, even on the Indiana side, Homeland Security had them buckled down. You couldn't go in there if you weren't a guest. Mm -hmm. They checked everyone's IDs throughout the day just along the river. And this was, uh, like, until midnight. People were there at 9 a.m. until midnight. Homeland Security was a huge presence. Bomb dogs, the whole bit, on the other side of Louisville. Where where was Homeland Security for a venue this
0: large? Well, I, but I guess I mean part of the problem, Jackie, is is you obviously you know you were there right before the Kentucky Derby. So you know when you have if it's Indy five hundred, if it's a Kentucky Derby, it's the Super Bowl, whatever. You, you have that that heightened security because you think okay th- these are going to be these are going to be targets. Maybe somebody would would disrupt the Kentucky Derby. This was a Sunday night in Las Vegas I mean I don't mean to downplay it I mean this was a it was a big street festival but they have these type of concerts all the time this was sort of a routine thing I guess the question becomes can you is it practical to have that type of security that you were talking about 24 7 for you know 365 days a year
4: well this this fireworks show is the kickoff so this goes on for over two weeks yeah you know so it's like where are we putting our money You know, maybe we could just do with a little less Homeland Security at Fireworks two weeks before the Kentucky Derby and put a little, give the the police officers the right to carry into these venues if they've got the ID.
0: Yeah. No, thanks for calling. I mean, again, I You know, and again, I'm I'm sure later on we're going to be talking about, you know, guns and things like this and, and, you know, more guns, less guns, the answer. In this particular situation, I mean, having people armed in the venue in this situation wouldn't have made any difference. You had this guy perched on the 32nd floor, you know, with with heavy duty weaponry who was shooting down on this. And it wasn't until the police were apparently able to kick in the door and confront him that he ended up taking his own life in what turns out to be a mass murder-suicide, which, I mean, I don't mean to be flip about this, but, you know, just, if, if you're going to kill yourself, kill yourself. Why Why do you decide to try to kill as many other people as possible? All right, let's take a quick break. 414-799-1620. We will talk about specific aspects of this as we move through the morning, but right now, in, any of your thoughts? Do you have friends or family in Las Vegas? If you heard from them, we continue the conversation in just a minute. It's 916. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. <laughs> Nine eighteen, Jeff Wagner. Six twenty WTMJ. I mean, here's the. I mean, here's some of the things that I know are running through people's minds. I have a text here from Drake and Appleton. Jeff, I was at Appleton's Oktoberfest on Saturday, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what happens if somebody tries to drive a truck, a car, or a vehicle down through the crowds? Hate it that the idea even entered my mind. You know, and it's interesting you would say that as I was driving here here this morning, I was. I've been spending a lot of time up in West Bend lately. And, you know, they have a a wonderful downtown area, and they they have an Oktoberfest there. And on Thursday nights, they have music festivals, and you have a contained area that's maybe three or four blocks long, and you have not 22,000 people like Las Vegas, but you have a couple thousand people who are there on a regular basis, and, and you've got a, a small police presence. but I mean, and it's not a knock on the police a- at all, but I mean, you, you are thinking, okay, you want to talk about soft targets. This is the type of situation that is is potentially there. All right. We're going to continue with your calls. If you're on the line, please hold on. We will start to focus this a little bit more as the morning goes on. But right now, I, I want to use it kind of as an electronic town hall. Um, and if you if you've got family or friends who are in Las Vegas now, have you heard from them? How are they doing? We'll be back with more calls in just a moment. nine twenty three jeff Wagner six twenty wtmj obviously continuing coverage of the horrible story out of Las vegas that uh, unfortunately it, it does not appear to be now an isolated instance you 're having more and more of these stories and again the reports are in this particular situation the the shooter identified as a sixty four year old man they 've now his brother is doing interviews his brother says. No criminal record, so you can look as long as you want. It, it's not like there is a history of this. No social media presence, so it doesn't appear that this man has any sort of political agenda. No terrorist ties. 64-year-old guy who, at least the reports I'm seeing, you know, um, is living in a retirement community uh, an hour and a half outside of Las Vegas in a $400,000 home. Maybe he's managed, it's notes that he might have been managing an apartment complex. He was an engineer at Lockheed Martin. And then apparently just just snaps four one four seven nine nine one six twenty Chad in Appleton Chad good morning
5: good morning thanks for taking my call yes sir um, I just wanted to to make a comment that you know I'd heard the personal note uh, from someone else who had family members and I as well actually my wife and I were invited to a wedding that we were unfortunately not able to make but actually we would have been staying at the Mandalay um, Bay so right. obviously when I woke up this morning and I. Saw it on the news i immediately you know went on facebook right. to check the status because um my brother in law and sister-in-law actually were, did attend the wedding right and you know i think we don't often appreciate something like facebook uh for the good but um this was a, a circumstance where you know within a few seconds i could get an immediate clarification as to you know those family members being safe you know they there there was like a, a facebook um I'm not exactly sure how the the background of it works, right. but uh, they were able to tag themselves as they given a lost you know Vegas shooting violent incident, and then also further detail it as saying we're being held up at the lobby of the Excalibur a couple doors down. So I don't know as of this point, right. if they were given access back to their hotel, but you know it makes you appreciate the little things sometimes when you when you look at how quickly you can sometimes receive information.
0: Right. Right. Well, no. And and my my guess is that they're probably not going to my guess is they're probably not back in the hotel and they're probably not going to be for quite a while, because my understanding is this entire area is still locked down, you know, as a crime scene investigation, um, although they they have the active shooter. But, um, yeah, I mean, can you just imagine? And again, the the, I mean, the big picture, of course, is the loss of life and, and the people who were wounded. But you, I'm sure you've got thousands and thousands of people who are in situations like you know, the folks you know that were, were out and about at that time, even if they weren't at that show, and they're not able to get back because the whole place is locked down.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it really kind of puts it in perspective, too, when you know, you hear something like this, and, and a lot of times we hear it, but it doesn't necessarily touch us. But just to think that, you know, had I been there with my wife, right. you know, maybe the plans would have changed and maybe we would have been walking back from, you know, being out, I mean, anybody under any circumstance could have been at that point at that time, and unfortunately, a lot of people were.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for calling. And that's, and of course, that's, I, I, I'm trying to get a handle on exactly where the, the setting was. Now, this was outside of Mandalay Bay, but I mean, the, the man was essentially acting as a sniper, and I, and I will tell you, what is extremely chilling is the fact that, You you hear, you know, some of these, you you hear clearly the sound of automatic weapons. So, again, whether he had a machine gun and... Average people are not legally entitled to own machine guns. Whenever I say that, I get emails with people disagreeing me. But you you, you cannot go just into a gun store and buy a machine gun. You need to have a special permit for it. There needs to be approval, typically by the local police force. So these are are regulated types of of things. Now, it is, of course, possible for people who know what they're doing to take – a semi-automatic rifle, and convert it to fully automatic. But, I, I, you know, so far what's interesting is you're not getting any background about this being guy, an ex-military guy or something like that. That's going to be one of the questions is where did he get these weapons? And, of course, then how did he get all of them? I mean, the reports are that he had perhaps as many as 10 of these weapons up in, in the room. Um, I think that the working theory is that he shot the windows out because, again, one of the first questions I had when I heard this was it, it, the Las Vegas hotels, as a general rule, now maybe there's some suites that it's different, but you check into a regular room at the Mandalay Bay or the MGM or wherever, there there's floor to ceiling windows. You can't just you can't just there's not a patio that you can walk out on on the 32nd floor. So I guess the operative theory is if he was shooting out of his room, that he shot out the window and then and then started shooting into the crowd. But um, uh, very, very scary. And, of course, I'm sure what's going to come out as well is as they start detailing some of the injuries, it's not all going to be injuries based on on gunshots. It's going to be injuries based on, uh, again, some people who are being hurt trying to flee the the gunshots, Uh, all all that entire scenario that's there. And as we go back and, again, try to recreate this, you have a guy with no history at all of this. This isn't one of those situations like frequently you have where you say, oh, well, well, sure. You know, now that we, you know, we saw all these signs that were leading up to it. Okay, this guy was disaffected or was unhappy at work, or you know, he was talking about how he hated this group of people or that group of people. This does not appear to be that situation at all. Okay, so again, here's what we're going to be doing for at least the foreseeable future. President Trump is scheduled to address the nation at some point in time within the next few minutes. Uh, we heard approximately 9:30, um, but again, we'll bring that to you when he speaks to the nation. We'll continue to give you updates, and we're going to continue to talk about this because there are now some, some specific aspects of this moving forward that I want to discuss with you. So that's all coming up as part of the show. So stay with us. We're going to continue to coverage cover the breaking news. We'll be back with more of your calls and further discussion in just a couple moments. It's nine thirty-five. Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WTMJ. And again, we're, we're waiting the remarks from the president. We'll bring them to you live. Um, the sun is coming up over Las Vegas Boulevard, and um, people are just still trying to piece together everything that happened last night. That the news cameras are now showing two two windows on the thirty-second floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, you know, blown out. Um, the, the windows aren't right next to each other. I'm still waiting for an analysis as to you know why there are these two windows. Obviously, one would have been the, the shooter in the, the room where the, the shooter was. I, I don't know if this is one large room. I don't think that would be the case, but, you know, we'll have more of those details. But it appears the man checked into the hotel three days ago, somehow brought a whole series, uh, an arsenal up and up to the room. Now, we don't know if he did it all at once. We don't know if he did it systematically, you know, one one piece at a time. I mean, I think a legitimate question is if, if these firearms were in the room, did um, he not have maid service? How, how did this end up happening? Um, a series of uh, texts here. James from Glendale texts. I'm getting married in Vegas on the 20th. Scary stuff, but we go there every year. And I think that's, I mean, generally the attitude that people are going to have. But at the same time, uh, there's lots of different spots where folks can vacation. You, you wonder, is something like this going to impact travel choices? Justin writes, just found out that a family member who was at the concert and out of touch until now left early, fortunately just before the shooting started, to drive to Phoenix. He was sleeping until now in the Phoenix area and just awoke to a barrage of texts and voicemails. Um, yeah, let's see uh, another text. My husband is in Las Vegas flying home today. Huh. Took me two hours this morning to connect with him by cell phone. What was unnerving was the cell phone message stated the number I was calling was not a valid number. He's already at the airport and okay, but he said that the hotel was already inspecting luggage this morning for the new arrivals. Now, that's, again, going to be one of the aspects of, of the story that I'm going to talk about in just a couple minutes. You know, what What do we do moving forward is is something like this, and, and, and this isn't a terrorist attack. I mean, not in the not in the sense that we typically use the word terrorist attack. Now, it is a mass shooting, but, I mean, the, the motivations, this is, doesn't appear to be motivated by a political cause or, you know, a, a hate crime or something like that, and I'm not sure we're ever going to exactly figure out what was the motivation here, but this is one of those situations that I was talking about with Gene a while ago. If you've ever been to Las Vegas and been in the lobby of one of the big hotels, you, you know – how crowded these things get? You know, if right around checkout time or checkout time, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, and again, I stay at the MGM a lot, it, it is not uncommon to have lines, I don't know, where there's a couple hundred people in line. And the question would become, all right, if, if we had to make people go through metal detectors with all their luggage, what would that do i mean you're, you 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 would be talking about okay you've got a couple hundred people now they're they're going through that or do you put in a situation where nobody can take bags to their rooms you you treat it like the the airlines with checked baggage what you have to do is when you check into the hotel you give your bags to the the person who's checking you in and then they run it through some scanner and then somebody delivers it i mean and and of course the frustrating problem with that is all right, is that an overreaction to a horrible situation like this and does it does it move the thing along because I mean again somebody who's planning a mass shooting always is trying to think one step ahead. We didn't think about um, we didn't think about people hijacking airplanes and flying them into the buildings and until that happened. And so then we start to react and we we make provisions to make it much more difficult to hijack airlines and fly them into buildings so the terrorists come up with um, other situations have a text here my nephew my nephew works up the strip at New York New York which is really just two hotels up this is all in this same little area we're all talking about the south end of the street here strip here my nephew works in the strip at New York New York he and his fellow workers on the strip are immensely distraught that's from David in Milwaukee I I I, I'm sure that's exactly the case okay let's take a very quick break again we're waiting um, remarks from the President of the United States, President Trump. We will carry those as soon as he begins uh, speaking. It's nine forty. This is Jeff Wagner, six twenty, WTMJ. It's nine forty three. Jeff Wagner, six twenty, WTMJ. Of course, continuing coverage of what's going on in las vegas we are awaiting president trump's remarks to the nation i'm actually um he he was supposed to speak about 15 minutes ago i i have a series of specific topics i'd like to discuss with you i'm trying to hold off launching one of those because i assume the president's going to be out in just a couple moments um i I know it's 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 sort of a transition but i I did want to remind everybody um that, that today is the day we've been telling you for the last week or so about how our, our WTMJ holiday radio show, to Benefit Kids to Kids Christmas, we, we staged that this year. It is November 27th. It's an original play. It is at Turner Hall in Milwaukee. It's uh, an event. We This is the third year in a row that we have done this. Um, this show sells out. It's something that I know all of us on staff look forward to quite a bit. It, it sells out, and it sells out quickly. I, I bring this up only because the tickets go on sale today at noon, and if you go to papstheater dot org, you can you can purchase your tickets. They're twenty five dollars. A portion of the proceeds goes to Kids to Kids Christmas. But again, they go they on sale at noon, and so again. They sell out extremely quickly, and I just wanted to mention this to people because, again, just to remind you, if you're interested in going, I would encourage you, do not delay, but, but get the tickets because what typically happens is they sell out very quickly, and then a number of us get calls saying, hey, can you get me a handful of tickets? And, and unfortunately, we don't have any more access to them necessarily than you do. So um, uh, tickets go on sale to Kids to Kids Christmas for the Kids to Kids Christmas radio show um, today at 12 noon um, I, I was talking a little bit before the break if you look at the if you look at the, the pictures now coming out from the Mandalay Bay Hotel there there appears to be two windows but not next to each other which are which are shot out and at least NBC News is suggesting that the um, NBC News is suggesting that, that the, the killer might have actually had two rooms and it might have been bouncing back and forth between the two rooms. I I think more details will emerge. You might say, "Well, well, why would the guy have two rooms in his name? That's not necessarily that odd. I mean, lots of times if you have somebody in Las Vegas who... Goes there a lot, for example, um, and maybe gets gets deals on the rooms. It wouldn't necessarily be unusual for someone to say, "Okay, I need two rooms, and so you know, one for me, one for my family, whatever." It, it's not necessarily that odd that something like that would occur. But again, there is lots of speculation on this. And if you are familiar with this area, they're describing this as, as outside of Mandalay Bay, and it and it is. But this was, I mean, if you think of if you think of the Strip, um, Las Vegas Boulevard. And, and Tropicana Avenue which is the strip the street that you would take if you were going to go over to the airport this was like a giant festival that was out there so this was by the Mandalay Bay it was also by like the Luxor and the Excalibur it was by the the MGM a- as well but what's clearly i mean there's many troubling aspects of this but this appears to be an extremely well planned and well thought out attack. Um, this was a situation where obviously, by renting a, by renting a room, on this particular floor, he, he he clearly I think had staked out some of the various hotels. He clearly had tried to figure out okay where where am I going to get a vantage point? Um, I, you know, because you you go to Las Vegas and you know, he's, he was on the 32nd floor. I mean, it's entirely possible that you could have been on the the ninth floor of a hotel or something, for example, which wouldn't have given you the type of access and the view that, that, that he had. So clearly this was somebody who was planning this. you get, you wonder whether, I mean, he thought about different hotels and really checked out the access to this. He was there for three days, which again is extremely troubling. Um, uh, one of the many aspects of this that is extremely troubling. Now, we're just being told that the president's going to be speaking in less than two minutes, so we'll bring him to you when we comment. Jane, I tell you, Jane Matanera, who's been covering this all morning for Wisconsin's Morning News from our Breaking News Center, it's just, this is about as bad as it gets.
2: Well, and I when you, when you start looking at the numbers and realize that this is the second time in, what, 16 months? Right. That we've had now the worst mass shooting in this country. Right. And if, if, even if you look back beyond the 16 months, going back to Aurora, Colorado, I know Gene mentioned that earlier this morning. Of course, the Sandy Hook massacre uh, with all of those young children—it's—it's—it's uh, uh, it's it's right. Well, everyone's kind of looking for answers. I don't know what the answer is. And I think what what has to be hitting a
0: lot of people about this is first of all, so many people travel to Las Vegas, so th- these areas that we're talking about are instantly relatable. And we've been taking calls all morning from people who've. Their, their husband's there, the, you know their, their kids are there for a wedding. I mean it's so th- this is something that, that people travel there and in this particular situation, and uh, many of the other places where there have been the, the horrible shootings, they, they've been in closed venues something, and something somebody was able to get a gun in. In this particular situation, this guy's really outside the venue, Shooting down on on a on a street from the
2: thirty second floor, right? And uh, twenty two thousand people, twenty three thousand people. Uh, certainly, we have large country uh, concerts in right. in Wisconsin. Think about Summerfest. Do you think about Brady Street Festival, Locust, Locust Street Festival? You know, there's all kinds of these, as you say, soft targets. Right. I mean,
0: it, I mean, again, it's you don't want to give people ideas or anything, but I mean, imagine any large outdoor venue um, in, in an urban sort of setting where there are hotels in the area. I mean, this, this happens a lot. You have, you, have, you have street parties on a regular basis. And here you have somebody who, uh, again, you rent a room in one of these hotels that overlooks that that area where the, the street festival is going to be. And, and they come in and, and people are just, I mean, you want to talk about soft targets. And again, the, the question becomes, is there really anything you, you can do about that?
2: I, I guess on the one hand, uh, with this particular instance happening during the Jason Aldean show at least people could heard the gunfire and recognize it for what it was and, and were able to flee.
0: Right. Jane, I'm going to throw it back to you because I know we've got an NBC and uh, we've got a news update that's, that's coming up right now. Um, the president supposed to speak any second, but um, let's, let's get an update with Jane Nair from the WTMJ Breaking News Center. As
2: we know, at this point, more than 50 people are dead, over 400 injured after that shooting massacre in Las Vegas. We're going to be joining ABC News Live from the WTMJ Breaking News Center.
3: Any moment now, President Trump will speak from the White House about the shooting in Las Vegas, the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history.
2: We go now to the White House for President Trump's address to the nation.
6: And grief. Last night, a gunman opened fire on a large crowd at a country music concert in Las Vegas, Nevada. He brutally murdered more than 50 people and wounded hundreds more. It was an act of pure evil. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security are working closely with local authorities to assist with the investigation, and they will provide updates as to the investigation and how it develops. I want to thank the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and all of the first responders for their courageous efforts and for helping to save the lives of so many. The speed with which they acted is miraculous and prevented further loss of life. To have found the shooter so quickly after the first shots were fired is something for which we will always be thankful and grateful. It shows what true professionalism is all about. Hundreds of our fellow citizens are now mourning the sudden loss of a loved one, a parent, a child, a brother or sister. We cannot fathom their pain. We cannot imagine their loss. To the families of the victims, we are praying for you, and we are here for you. And we ask God to help see you through this very dark period. Scripture teaches us the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We seek comfort in those words, for we know that God lives in the hearts of those who grieve. To the wounded who are now recovering in hospitals, We are praying for your full and speedy recovery and pledge to you our support from this day forward. In memory of the fallen, I have directed that our great flag be flown at half-staff. I will be visiting Las Vegas on Wednesday to meet with law enforcement, first responders, and the families of the victims. In moments of tragedy and horror, America comes together as one, and it always has. We call upon the bonds that unite us, our faith, our family, and our shared values. We call upon the bonds of citizenship, the ties of community, and the comfort of our common humanity. Our unity cannot be shattered by evil. Our bonds cannot be broken by violence. And though we feel such great anger at the senseless murder of our fellow citizens, it is our love that defines us today and always will, forever. In times such as these, I know we are searching for some kind of meaning in the chaos, some kind of light in the darkness. The answers do not come easy. But we can take solace knowing that even the darkest space can be brightened by a single light and even the most terrible despair can be illuminated by a single ray of hope. Melania and I are praying for every American who has been hurt, wounded or lost, the ones they love so dearly in this terrible, terrible attack. We pray for the entire nation to find unity and peace, and we pray for the day when evil is banished and the innocent are safe from hatred and from fear. May God bless the souls of the lives that are lost. May God give us the grace of healing, and may God provide the grieving families with strength to carry on. Thank you. God bless America. Thank you.
0: Um, The President apparently not taking questions on that. That was President Trump offering his thoughts. He said he's going to be in Las Vegas on Wednesday to meet with law enforcement and with family members of the victims. We're going to continue our continuing coverage of this. And moving into the next hour, there's now Moving forward, there's some specific aspects of this that I want to discuss with you, including the fact that um, some people are already politicizing this event. We will discuss that. And um, how much more security are you willing to accept in a free society in order to try to prevent something like this? And is something like this even preventable? That is all coming up. It's 956. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1007 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, continuing coverage of the shooting outside, well, it was actually outside the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas, but it was in an an area where several hotels were located. Um, Speculation is that the shooter, a 64-year-old man from a community about an hour and a half outside of Las Vegas, no prior criminal history at all, rented a couple rooms in the Mandalay Bay Hotel and began then shooting indiscriminately out of the hotel room windows um, into a large crowd that was at the street festival on like Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard, which if you've been to Las Vegas, you have probably been through that intersection on many occasions. Mandalay Bay is there uh, just a little bit to the south. You've got the Luxor. You've got the Excalibur. You've got New York, New York. You've got the MGM, um, the Las Vegas, con- the um, The university is a couple blocks further down, and this was a large street festival, and this guy apparently just started opening fire with a series of guns. It appears the firearms, at least... Again, if you listen to the sounds that they have, it appears that he had at least one, perhaps more, automatic weapons, and he was firing outside the windows with these automatic weapons. It is illegal as a... And people always try to like parse words with this. The average citizen cannot go and buy a machine gun in this country. Um, What you have to do is is it's possible to own an automatic weapon? Yes, but you have to get a special stamp from ATF. You also have to get a permit from your local law enforcement authority. Um, At the same time, though, it is possible to take semi-automatic rifles and convert them to fire fully automatic. So we don't know whether this guy had permits for these guns. We don't know whether he bought them illegally on the black market. We don't know that he somehow managed to convert them, although he doesn't appear to have a, a history of like military experience or things like that. So, I mean, these are details that continue to emerge from this. There are a number of aspects of the story that I, I want to talk about, and I think before, and unfortunately, there's already some people who are politicizing this, and we're going to save that for discussion for just a little bit later down the road. But I want to talk about moving forward, because obviously, one of the things that hits home about this story is Las Vegas is a large convention tourist area, as are many other places in in this country. Um, the question becomes, how much added security can we end up having? I mean, I was thinking about, honestly, New York City. I mean, New York City, outside of Central Park, if you've ever been to New York City, I mean, Central Park is in the heart of New York City. There are large... Apartment buildings and and hotels that overlook Central Park. They have concerts. They have all sorts of activities in Central Park. I mean, there's, this is not an uncommon sort of thing in these urban settings where you have the green space and they do concerts and they do shows. I mean, we do this to a lesser extent, you know, in, in Milwaukee, whether it's at Cathedral Square or or whatever. There are, there are venues that you rent a hotel room. You know, on the 40th floor or the 35th floor or whatever, and you overlook these urban venues. So the question becomes, you know, how do we react to what this particular gunman did? Now, one of the suggestions and one of the things that people are going to talk about is added security when you check into hotels. When you check into a hotel, you do not go through a, a metal detector. You carry your bag in with you. In many cases, what people do is, um, I, I don't know, maybe if you if you drive to a hotel in, in Vegas, you know, you, maybe you know you don't even come into the hotel with your bags. You leave your bags in the car. You go in, you check. You get your room key, and then you know you go back to your car. You get your bags out of your car. You go up to your hotel room. So there, there's not a metal detector that you take your bags through. As I was saying earlier if you if you've ever been in a vegas hotel just for example right around check-in or check-out time it's not uncommon to have hundreds and hundreds of people in that that hotel lobby area sometimes it takes over an hour to check in people get really frustrated you know what would the process be if in addition to having to uh, again, wait in line to check in, you had to go through metal detectors with your bags because I guarantee you, you know, you're going to have a lot of, there's going to be a lot of metal that are going to be setting off metal detectors. So, obviously, you would have to have some sort of scanning system like they have at the airport looking for things. All four seven nine nine is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's where I want to start the conversation for this first segment. Do we need enhanced security at... At hotels, is that the lesson of this? Do we need to go to a system? I don't know, like like at an airport where you um, if you you have to check your luggage, you know you have to give your luggage to the the person who is uh, again checking you in at the counter, and then what happens, or you know you self check in, and then what happens is you know all the baggage is screened. Do we need to restrict the ability of people just to take bags up to hotel rooms? 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet mortgage talk and text line. I'm willing to be talked out of it. I just don't see that as being practical. And I recognize that, you know, maybe this is a situation where everybody's going to say, well, you need to do something more. I just don't see that as, as a practical reality, you know expecting every hotel to have security like you have at the TSA at the airport. And I'm even then, I'm not sure that you wouldn't be able to get around it somehow. 414-799-1620. Do we need more security in hotels, in urban venues, in resort areas to prevent something like this? It's 1013. We're back to discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. 16, Jeff Wagner 620 WTMJ. Okay, 414 799 That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Obviously, one of the things that is emerging in the aftermath of this is a, a call for additional security in hotels. My concern with this is that it is just not practical in a free society. In this particular situation the individual involved apparently rented one or perhaps two rooms if you look at the video there there's two rooms on the same floor that have the windows shot out and they appear to have been shot out from the the inside. The speculation is that he rented two rooms, maybe only rented one and somehow this other window got shot out. I I don't know that that makes any difference one way or the other, but the individual the gunman who was involved at least had one, perhaps again, the two rooms um, was able to bring a number of firearms in. We don't know yet whether he was there for three days, so we don't know whether he brought in a uh, one gun at a time and duffel bags or golf bags or, or whatever or whether he brought them in all at once. There, there's questions, I think, that are fair questions about, well, if these firearms were in the room, were they not noticed by the maids? My guess is if that was the scenario, you, you, can, you can ask to not have room service. I mean, that happens all the time in Vegas. People just simply say, we, you know, we don't want the maid service in there, so maybe there wasn't a maid that went in. That is not necessarily something that would be unusual that would set off, you know, red flags. I think that type of thing happens all the time. But the question becomes, do we need to have more restrictions in, um, in more screening in the hotels and my point is i just don't see that as being practical i mean the idea of every time you walk into a hotel that you have to send your bag through a, a tsa type of metal detector screening I, I, I just don't see americans putting up with that um, in busy places that will add a lot of time to the check-in procedure and again i'm not sure Ultimately, that that's going to stop the problem, because, for example, let's say, I mean, the Vegas hotels don't have metal detectors in them. So let's say the guy doesn't even have them in his checked in luggage. Let's say that the guy, I don't know, he checks into the room. And then, again, he has the guns in his car, and he puts the gun in a golf bag, and he, he walks in through the door. I mean, unless we're going to have people screen with a metal detector every time they go in and out of casinos, I, I, and I just, I do not see that as practical. And I understand that that's, that that's a frustrating aspect, but I just don't see this happening. Let's see, um, on our text line. Hotel screening may prevent a replay of this incident, but unless there is screening in every single building around every single event, it might not help much. Do we want to live that way? The fact is, we cannot foresee everything. Um, that's Leanne and Racine, and I think she's absolutely, um, absolutely right. Um, Jeff and Fox Point writes, if a pattern of this develops, God forbid, I think the security should be considered, but hopefully this is an isolated incident. And at this point, no, I would not dramatically increase the cost for hotels and do serious damage to tourism. Um Um, Here we have another text from Madison. Listening to you in Madison, just wanted to say that this is a big problem. We need to do everything we can to protect people. My wife, daughter, and I went to the Madison West um, Sun Prairie High School football game Thursday night, and they checked everything before you entered. Well, yeah, but I I understand, but that's a venue that you're going into as opposed to a hotel that's open 24-7. It's, I know it's a frustrating situation. Also, you look at these Vegas hotels, they've got countless entrances. I mean, it's not like there's just one entrance or exit. You've got countless entrances. Can you really have metal detectors at every one and guards that are standing there? I, and, and then where do you draw the line? Do you do this at the shopping malls? I mean, do you do this, do you do it outside of these particular situations? It's a problem. It's 1023, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. There are a lot of unanswered questions that we'll probably get a handle on about the shooting as time goes on. This is one of those situations, and I've said this before this morning, a lot of times when you have these mass shooting situations, you you look back and you say, how did we miss these signs? You know, You have some disaffected, loner, who had a history of making threats or behaving in a peculiar fashion, who had a huge presence on, on social media, whether it was political or associating with terrorists, being sympathetic to terrorist causes or you know, anti-U.S. stuff. You, you have a history of that, and you say, well, Okay, this is a guy. I mean, just look at um, you, you had the situation, of the guy from the Midwest who traveled to Washington and, and, and shot the various Republicans who were out playing soft or practicing in baseball. All right, you look back and you see that if you review the history of this, it's at least you understand how that crazy man got from where he was to where he was. In this particular situation, again, there, there doesn't appear to be indicators. 64 year old guy. No criminal history, at least that's being reported thus far. No history on social media. Who just one day decides to to do this type of stuff? No criminal record in uh, in Nevada, and I, I guess we'll we'll be able to determine later on, you know, whether he had another criminal record. But I don't I don't get the sense that that's that's the case. So um, he would be legally allowed to purchase firearms. Now, as I've said repeatedly, you you cannot own. Automatic weapons in this country without special permit from ATF and special approval for law enforcement, my guess is he somehow illegally and it 's just my guess i, I, I don 't imagine i don 't imagine these these automatic weapons and it certainly sounds to me like the shooting was done with automatic weapons i don 't know whether he illegally purchased them on a black market somewhere. Whether somebody gave him the guns, whether he converted the guns, it is possible. If you know what you're doing and you have the right equipment to convert semi-automatic rifles into, again, fully automatic, it's not easy, but it's possible to do that. We don't know what happened in this particular situation. Um, my guess is, though, at least as far as owning firearms, not the automatic weapons, I, I think you know he would be legally entitled to do this. All right. Well, inevitably... The subject has now come to to gun control. And I'm reading a piece. um, Again, there's lots of things that we do not understand and don't know. But here's um, one of the pieces I'm looking at. Um, Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy issued a statement this morning claiming that the thoughts and prayers of politicians are cruelly, cruelly hollow if they are paired with continued legislative indifference to gun control. Congress needs to, this is the quotation, get off its ass and do something following the shooting. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is the very liberal senator from Massachusetts, who I think wants to be the president, she writes, tragedies in Las Vegas have happened too many times. We need to have a conversation about how to stop gun violence. We need it now. Hillary Clinton attacks the National Rifle Association. Our grief isn't enough. We can and must put politics aside, stand up to the NRA, and work together to try to stop this from happening again. Um, New York Representative Carolyn Maloney demands Congress show they care by taking action on gun control. Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut writes, It's been barely a year since what was previously the largest mass shooting in American history, the deadly attack at Pulse nightclub, in the interim, thousands more have been lost. Thousands more have been lost to the daily, ruthless toll of gun violence. Still, Congress refuses to act. I am more than frustrated. I am furious. Okay, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text line. All right? Is this shooting another example of the need to have gun control? Um, is this going to be, would laws have prevented this? Do we know enough about this scenario at this point in time to say, well, we need to have have limits in this particular case that the guy had an arsenal. I mean there's, there's no question about it. They found you know 10, 10 weapons. In the room with him. I don't know if all of them were converted to automatic. We don't know that type of stuff yet, but there are various regulations. Is this a situation where we need gun control? Is it a justification for more gun control legislation? And I guess, what would that legislation be? I mean, would we prevent Americans from being able to own semi automatic rifles that could be converted to fully automatic if that's what this guy had? Do we know enough? about this particular situation to say, okay, this is a situation where more gun control laws would have made a difference, especially in a case like this, where at least based on what we know thus far, it doesn't appear that the man had a criminal record which would have legally prevented him from purchasing firearms. The, the issue of the firearms being automatic, is, of course, is a different situation. All right, that is the AccuNet mortgage talk and text line. Already you have a number of prominent Democrats saying, okay, this is why Congress needs to act and, and act on gun control. Part of my question is, okay, what what do you mean when you say gun control? We're going to start the discussion right there. If you're on the line, please hold on. Is this a call for gun control? Is there something we could have done legally to have prevented a situation like this? Is it too soon to politicize this based on what we know now? I will tell you my conclusion, and we'll discuss in just a moment. It's 1035, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. All right, the investigation is continuing, and, and there are very fair questions. How did this guy get the guns up to the room? How did he get automatic weapons, which, again, are, are illegal for people to own unless you have special special permission to have done that? You know, what was the motivation? Are we ever going to be able to figure that out? But already there's at least a half dozen people, including Elizabeth Warren, senator from Massachusetts who wants to be president, Hillary Clinton who desperately wanted to be president, all attacking the NRA and saying this is a call for gun control. Really? I, I mean, uh, really, I guess... I mean, maybe you know, maybe there's going to be something that comes out of this. But right now, do we really know that? And what sort of gun control are we going to be talking about? What do we mean? What could have arguably been done to prevent this shooting, based on what we know now? Let's start with Don and Manager Walk. Don, good morning. Good hey, morning. How are you? Oh, well, it's very, very scary and very, very tragic day. No question about it. In America,
7: oh, def- definitely. Uh, my comment on this is. Now in the last two weeks, we've had everybody all up in arms over the protests at the football games. Right. Curtailing, curtailing people's First Amendment rights, in my opinion. And I don't agree with the protests, but, you know, they are what they are. Uh, now you've got people calling for gun control. Uh, whether it's eliminating it altogether or, you know, people can't buy guns, period, or what have you. And no, in my opinion, wasn't the, second amendment put in to guarantee the first amendment
0: in some respects yeah to an extent right yeah
7: and i mean instead of new laws enforce the laws we have on the books well that's like you said said earlier that it's already illegal for the most part to own a fully automatic weapon right well how is it making it illegal twice going to make it any better
0: well, right. That, that's the. I mean, th- thanks for calling. Mean, see, that's right. Th- that's the question I have. I, I okay. The New York Times editorial board is already out with an editorial calling for added gun control measures based on this shooting, and, and they list things. Okay, so here's what they say: impose universal background checks for anyone buying a gun. Okay. Well, fr- from what we know thus far, there's nothing. Uh, A background check wouldn't have turned up anything in this shooter's history. Apparently, there's no criminal record as far as we can find. He was legally allowed to own firearms. Again, we'll put the automatic question aside. I I think it's going to turn out to be illegal to have those. But, all right, background check, that doesn't solve this. Two, impose a minimum age limit of 21 on gun purchases. Okay, well, he was 64 years old. Three, Enforce a ban on possession of guns by anyone subject to a domestic violence protection order. Okay. I don't think that there was anything like that applying to this man. Four, limit gun purchases by any one person to no more than, say, two a month and tighten rules on straw purchases or buy for criminals. I have no problems going after straw purchasers. Um, This guy had an arsenal of 10, but I would say that, you know, I mean, there are people who collect firearms. If you have somebody who's inclined to do something like this, limiting, you know, purchases to no more than two a month, I don't know how long this guy had been assembling the, the, these guns, assembling, you know, th- this arsenal that he had and used in this fashion. I don't know that that would have stopped. And, and by the way. Again, I I don't think it's going to turn out that he was legally allowed to have the automatic, you know, firearms in the beginning. Adopt, that's five, adopt micro stamping of cartridges so that they can be traced to the gun fired them, useful for solving gun crimes. Okay, that had nothing, again, to do you know, with with this um, requires safe safe gun storage. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And you have these people who are calling for for gun control based on this issue. Well, all right, all right. If you want to have the discussion about gun control, all right, that that's fine. But to use this situation as the justification for it, where at least based on what we know thus far, other than the fact that I think it was illegal for him to have the fully automatic weapons, all these different things, they're not gonna they're not gonna make one iota of of difference. Um, let's talk to... Um, let's see. Um, would you move the cursor, please? Let's go to Tony in Milwaukee. Tony, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning, Tony.
3: Um, you know, if, if this guy had used uh, a pickup truck to drive through a crowd and killed, mowed down 50 people, right? would we be calling for truck yeah. control?
0: Maybe, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's
3: yeah, a- I, I, the problem with gun legislation is... Only law-abiding citizens are going to follow the law. And by definition, I have nothing to fear from a law-abiding citizen. This guy that committed this crime in Vegas last night broke about seven different state and federal laws in the commission of his crime. Absolutely. If we had more gun legislation, well, then he would have broken 13
8: laws in the commission of his crime.
3: Gun laws and gun legislation are going to not stop people like him it's It's unfortunate, and it's a sad reality that we're gonna have to deal with, is that there is nothing that can stop an ill man or a determined evil man uh, from doing something like this. Right. Gun legislation is not the answer.
0: Well, right, unless you're talking about absolute confiscation of 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 firearms. Now, I mean, thanks to the call I mean again, i I will be curious um to see and, and authorities will be able to figure it out. How did the guy get access to automatic weapons? Because, again, I, you're, you're not, and, unless he had some sort of special permits, you're not allowed, it's against the law to have access to automatic weapons. And I think that's a, that's a fair inquiry. But, again, it, what he's got is presumably against the law. So he somehow obtained them illegally. He converted them illegally. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's something something that's going on there. So, do we, do we have access to this feed or don't we know? We're not. Okay, good enough. All right. 414 799 1620. That's the uh, Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Let's talk to Ben in Whitewater. Ben, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
7: Hey, good morning. Yeah, you know, I was listening to it, and you already made a. a basically, my point is this is, an, this is an extreme case. When you're talking about an extreme case, to take care of an extreme case, you're going to need extreme laws. You can't do that, because then you're going to start really encroaching on your basic human the basic human rights in the Constitution that well, we have.
0: Well, right. I mean, are, are we talking about – I mean, when you say gun control in this case, do you – do we want to make the the possession, for example, of, of long rifles or any firearm that's capable of convert any of these semi-automatic weapons, do we want to make that illegal? I mean, that, that's the fundamental question. And then do we want to confiscate? What do you do for the millions of, of them that are in people's hands? Do we go around to confiscate them because of this extreme case?
7: Exactly. And if this guy had uh, a bunch of fully automatic weaponry, he obviously had the knowledge to to convert all those weapons, right, or or at least find them, and I mean, you're just not going to stop someone. With that kind of determination, if they know what they're doing, it, it's what it's what a previous caller team had said. If he knows what he's going to do. You're not going to stop him, no matter how many logs you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, thanks for and that and that's what the frustration is. And I guess I will tell you, I, I find it to be opportunistic in the extreme for politicians to be using this tragedy at this point in time. And editorial boards to come out with editorials saying, okay, we're going to use this tragedy as an opportunity to try to push, push gun control legislation or raise money or take on the NRA or whatever. Now, it may very well be that something comes out of this investigation where we say, hey, you know, maybe maybe there's something we need to do. Maybe this guy somehow, you know, got got these weapons and was able to buy them and slip through legally and get these automatic weapons, maybe there will be something that emerges that that makes you say, okay, well, there, there's a provision that we could have. There's something we could do in the law to tighten up his ability to get access to those firearms. I am willing to concede that maybe there's something like that that will be forthcoming, but at least so far... We don't know anything, and my guess is, again, it is just my guess, I'm speculating, my guess is he was not legally allowed to possess the type of weapons he had. We continue the conversation in just a moment. It's 1044, Jeff Wagner. It's 1047, Jeff Wagner, 620, WTMJ, Patty and McGuanagoe.
9: Patty, good morning. Good morning. I was watching that last night on TV when it came across, and I'll tell you, it was scarring to watch it. I can only imagine the people that were there. But in uh, listening to all the reports, they say there's a bill in Congress to legalize silencers for guns, and this is brought about by the hunters who say it's detrimental to them to have that. But if that is going through, and they still think it's going to go through regardless of this incident, that would have really That would have probably been the death of so many more people. Why do you think that? Because if they didn't know it was gunshot, I don't think they would have been as fast to respond. Because everybody talked about the audio response first. I thought it was fireworks. I thought it was this. They didn't say people were just dropping around them. That was the first key.
0: You mean you don't think the crowd would have responded as opposed to the police? I don't think they
9: would have responded as quickly. And perhaps even the whole stage management, the police, security. And it would
0: have taken them a while to realize what's really going on here. I mean, I I, I will say this. I mean, the the gunman itself, I mean, it wasn't wasn't the sound, it wasn't the hundreds of muzzle flashes that exploded from his rifles. I'm looking at the story in the Washington Post. What what it was that attracted, that it caught the attention of where he was at least, was the, the smoke alarm went off. 'Cause he's in this room, he's firing and the shots set off the smoke alarm. Now I and of course we've all heard that chilling report this morning where you hear the, the various, you know, shots that are being fired. I, I don't know how much a silencer would have been able to deaden it. And I understand there is that silencer bill and quite candidly I am I'm, I'm very very ambivalent on that. I, I don't I do not understand why the average citizen needs to own a silencer either. I'm not sure that would have prevented anything here. And again, that wasn't what attract. It wasn't the sounds that attracted law enforcement to the room. Your argument is maybe it alerted the people more as to what was going on. Um, possible, but this guy was shooting and, until he was confronted by the the police, and and that was. And that wasn't a silencer; would have made any difference there. Again, it was the smoke alarm that, that he ended up uh, setting off. Okay, we've got another update coming up. It is nine forty nine. Let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Here is Jane Mattenair.
2: Thank you, Jeff. As we know, at least fifty people are dead, over four hundred injured after that mass shooting last night in Las Vegas. President Trump addressed the nation about twenty minutes ago. At this point, he is expected to head to Las Vegas this week. He will also be going to Puerto Rico to view uh, the uh, devastation following Hurricane Maria. At this point, we are joining ABC News Live. It's 10.50 from the WTMJ Breaking News Center. The numbers are almost too hard to believe. Fifty-eight people at least dead in that shooting in the Las Vegas Strip. Hundreds more wounded. The number of injured,
10: uh, we are using the number of 515.
2: Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo, thousands who had been attending an outdoor music festival on the Las Vegas Strip, ran for cover when the gunman opened fire. Some of the wounded were taken by ambulance to hospitals. Others were loaded up into cars for medical treatment. The gunman is a 64-year-old man named Stephen Paddock who had taken a position in a hotel room on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Resort in Vegas, as Jason Aldean was playing, he aimed his gun out the window and opened fire, stopped and did it again,
6: twice more. President Trump says of the gunman. He brutally murdered more than 50 people and wounded hundreds more. It was an act of pure evil
2: the president will travel to las vegas on wednesday with continuing coverage shooting in las vegas i'm sherry preston abc news 10:51 from the wtmj breaking news center i'm jane matt
0: and i'm jeff wagner let's go back to the phones 414-799-1620 um a number of people are calling for for gun control measures and it, again it may very well be that there's something that emerges from this where you say, okay, well, we could tighten this law or we could tighten that law. I I mean, I shared with you the the New York Times editorial, which is out already um, before they they even have the crime scene cleaned up, you know, talking about different gun control measures they want to push. None of which, in my opinion, would have had anything to do with stopping this particular shooting. The question that I have, and I think that people should be asking, is how did this man get access to the automatic weapons? Did he purchase them illegally? Had he obtained them legally, you know, through the permitting process? Did he have legally owned weapons and did he convert them to fully automatic? I mean, that, that to me is, is the question that, that you have. And then, of course, the underlying question is why do you do something like this? This is, it really is very reminiscent of. Um, um, and if you are of a certain certain age, you will remember in nineteen sixty six um, the the Texas the University of Texas shooting a guy named Charles Whitman, who was twenty five, former uh, Marine, an ex Marine sharpshooter, um, got on an elevator at the University of Texas, went up to the top of the tower with with a cache of weapons, and from more than three hundred feet above, just started indiscriminately shooting people, shot se- killed seventeen people. 30 more were, were wounded, and that's always been one of the, the huge fears that law enforcement has in situations like this. It's where gunmen get, get above, you know, it's, and, and then they can just start shooting down, and now you have these just staggering numbers. The 58 dead, that's the latest total that they have. I hope I'm wrong, but I would not guess. I would not be surprised if it probably goes even higher. 515 injured in the Las Vegas shooting. We don't know if all of those were injured as a result of the shooting or whether some people got hurt because as people were running, did they get trampled. But no matter how you cut it, an awful situation. Dave in Niles, Illinois. Dave, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
3: Hey, great show as usual.
0: Well, sad show. Sad show today, my friend.
3: Yes, but highlights very good points. Feel-good legislation spit up by that it's going to be totally ineffective with good intentions. I am sick of it. Chicago is a perfect example where none of that that stuff works. What you need to do, we further and further, we get away from truth. We get away from love. We get away from right and wrong. We get away from ten simple commandments. The more of this nonsense we're going to have, people have got to take responsibility to get their children and their families, et cetera, back to church, back to synagogue, back to the values that make us a very good country. Because as Donald Trump said, our president said, this was an act of pure evil. Evil yep. does exist, and you do have to say it three times so people get it. This is an act of pure evil, pure evil. So, so no, this, this, I, is, no. this is the answer.
0: Thanks for calling, Dave. I mean, I, I think it will also, it, it doesn't change anything. But it will also be fascinating to learn... Again, and I, I know I'm repeating myself from earlier this morning, but you know, in in most cases, when you have one of these shootings, not all, but most cases, you go back and you say, "Oh, the guy that shot up the, you know, that killed the people at Virginia Tech. Oh, oh, look at this. Yeah, I, I understand. We should have picked up the warning signs. It was pretty clear that the guy, there was a history of mental illness here. Um, you had this disaffected loser who had, you know, a lot of times there's social media presence. You you can at least understand and you can say gee why didn't we do more to try to identify this at least thus far it, it nothing's appearing in the family and I understand it's family but the family is saying you know look at this guy's background there's no criminal history there's no it's not like the the man who shot up the the republic the the field the baseball field where the Republicans were playing who clearly had a political agenda and um it's not that at least so far you can't figure out what set this guy off it's 1055 this is Jeff Wagner It's 1109, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Continuing coverage of the horrible situation in Las Vegas. The latest count, 58 people dead, over 500 people injured. Um, The largest the largest mass shooting in United States history. And unfortunately, that's the second time that we have had to say that just in the last year and a half. And it's causing lots of people to, well, I mean, I think, Think about a number of things. Earlier today, we took calls from folks who had friends or relatives who were in Las Vegas and who, who managed to avoid this horrible situation. We've talked about some of the politicians who are already out trying to use this terrible tragedy as a way to raise money or advance particular causes, for example, gun control. And again, I, I want we just don't know enough about it. At, at this point in time, I, I'm not sure what additional laws would have prevented this because my guess is several current laws were, in fact, violated. But, I mean, I'm willing to wait if something is different. You know, we've talked about whether or not there's more things we can do to prevent these types of things. Do hotels need to add more security? And the the reality is I think that 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 is unlikely as a practical matter. I mean, I've been trying to think this morning of all – this was an open venue on, on a, essentially on a street. So, I mean, I, I was using the example of, of Central Park in New York, if you've been there. Central Park is surrounded by huge hotels. I mean, so, I, I mean, it's just, you, you have a, a, oh, we've got a room with a view of Central Park. That That's great. Um, you know, are you going to now say to all these different hotels that you have to have essentially TSA style procedures before you can check in? How, how far do you carry that? Do we say, well, we've got some large downtown hotels that if you get a room on a certain side, you've got a view down on the Summerfest grounds. And, and, and where do you draw the lines? Office buildings. How how far do you go? And my concern is that it's just Frankly, not going to be practical, and I understand that that is not a satisfactory response. We we want we want answers. We want to be safe. We don't have to, want to have to worry about I don't know going to a, a country music festival and, and having bullets rain down on us. We don't want to worry about having to go to a shopping mall and having some um, terrorist you know wearing a a bomb that decides to wait outside the gates as kids are coming out of the concert and then blow themselves up and kill as many people as possible. We want to be protected. We want to be safe. But the reality is, in in today's world, I'm not sure that there's anything we can do to do it. And I know that's an unsatisfactory response, and I don't like saying it any better than anybody else likes hearing it, but I'm trying to... Just be realistic that if you're going to live in a free society where people move about, um, d- there's going to be limitations. The unfortunate other thing is we're, we're always we're kind of, I mean, the terrorists or the people that are inclined to commit these mass acts of carnage, they're always kind of one step ahead. All right, we, we don't think, and I was saying this earlier, we don't think about that somebody's going to hijack airplanes and fly them into buildings. So they do that. All right, then we implement all sorts of procedures that makes it harder for them to do that. So what happens? Well, then the terrorists wear the suicide bombs and they show up. You you can only, you know, the terrorists or the people who are committed to committing mass acts of carnage, they're always going to try to find, you know, targets of opportunities and ways to get around it. Which brings me to what I want to discuss in this segment of the program. Um, My guess is that um, you might have a trip planned to Las Vegas you might have a trip maybe you're thinking hey i'm i'm going to the super bowl this year i'm going to go we had a woman who was talking about security measures outside the the kentucky derby who, who called in earlier maybe you're going to go to some some big event or maybe you're going to go to some resort city where there's all sorts of, you know, outside activities. Maybe you're going to go to New York because, hey, I've always wanted to walk through Central Park. I, I've always wanted to, I hear about these concerts and I hear about these these, these stage performances that they have, you know. And, and I guess, or and again, of course, obviously, maybe you've got a trip to Las Vegas scheduled. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here is my question, and is it a sincere one? Is an event like today and what happened last night in Las Vegas, does that make you rethink or will that make you rethink your travel plans, your vacation plans, where you go, your entertainment plans? Do you sit there and say, well, gee, I'm... I I don't know. I was going to go to this big public venue, but, you know, there's tall buildings there. Somebody could shoot down on it. Gee, is this going to be the first of many instances in Las Vegas? Is this going to make you rethink your travel plans? 414-799-1620. We will discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 1114. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1116. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Rory in West Bend. Rory, good morning.
8: Good morning. What do you think? I was at that exact same venue, right where everybody was shot, one week ago. And uh, we were there uh, for a big concert uh, last weekend. And from where we were, first off, there was a, a very long line to get in because of all the security and metal detectors. So this morning when I heard about it, I said... How could this possibly happen? But when I heard it was from the Mandalay Bay, that actually looks down on this whole thing, so that guy would have had a perfect vantage point. And I don't know how you could ever prevent something like this from happening because they had a lot of security there.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was... I mean, this is in many cases, this is every security person's nightmare because it's the shooting comes from outside the venue. It comes from above. You know, right. You can control what people bring into the venue. But even then, Rory, you had you had the story a couple, you know, a couple of months ago about the terrorist attack in Europe where you had the people that were wearing the suicide bombs waiting outside, you know, a, a, one of the concert venues a, a, as well. So let me ask you this a story like this. Would this stop you from going to Las Vegas? Would this stop you from going to an event like this in the future?
8: It would not. Uh, You just can't uh, change your life because of this stuff. I mean, it definitely gives me the willies that we were there a week ago. Yeah. Uh, But I I would not alter any of my... Yeah plans because of this
0: right now thank, thanks for calling and i guess the, what, what's so unsettling is you know what you talk about las vegas but this could happen anywhere the, the these type of outdoor festivals or these concerts or i'm using the example of central park but uh, again you, you've got i mean think of downtown milwaukee you've got hotels that that overlook you know some of the areas you've got jazz in the park hate to make that as an example but you've got the fister hotel that looks down Um, from, you know, a block and a half away. I mean, these things could unfortunately happen anywhere. Let's see on our text line. I go to Vegas every year in January for a guy's trip. Not going never entered our heads. Not being paralyzed will not let the terrorists um, win. Um, That is obviously one of the concerns um, that are there. Uh, Let's see another text. The moment we let fear ruin our day-to-day activities, the terrorists, local or abroad, win um it's it's and that's what's so that is what is so unsettling about this is you wish you had an answer but i'm not sure there's anything that could prevent it have a trip planned to las vegas for my 50th next week didn't even think of canceling um that's scott yeah i mean it offers that this is one of the concerns but to me this is the operative question is something like this going to make you rethink your travel plans whether it's to las vegas or some other location We're going to continue with your calls in just a minute. If you're on the line, please hit on. But right now, it's 1120. Let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Here's Jay Nair.
2: Thank you, Jeff. Las Vegas authorities say now at least 58 people have died, over 500 injured after a gunman opened fire. Last night during a country music concert, we join ABC News.
11: The question now, why did he do it? There's no political, there's no religious, there's no any of that stuff that's las vegas shooting suspect Stephen pollock's brother eric saying he cannot understand why his sixty four-year-old brother would murder at least fifty eight people and injure five hundred and fifteen others from his hotel window and then
12: kill himself that gunman raining gunfire down upon those twenty two thousand concertgoers two hundred rounds in four and a half minutes and those 22,000 people, they had nowhere to go. They were cheek to jowl, shoulder to shoulder. And from eyewitnesses, we hear that to a person, they all felt that their lives were in jeopardy.
11: ABC's Matt Gutman, the president responding at the White House. It was an act of pure evil. The president says he plans to visit Las Vegas Wednesday with continuing coverage of the Las Vegas mass shooting. I'm Andy Field, ABC News. Eleven twenty-one from the WTMJ
2: Breaking News Center. I'm Jane Matnir.
0: Jane, there's this amazing picture. There's a. Have you seen the picture of one of the guys at the concert who is standing facing? He, he's down at the concert, standing facing the window where the, gov- the where the the gunfire is coming from, raising his middle finger at the you know at at the at the shooter. It's just it's sort of like. The, the last act of defiance or something like that, it, it's just amazing. It is. It's incredible. Um, and, again, one of the things, I mean, as the death toll continues to increase and, and the number of, of injuries get reported, you do wonder how many of those were caused by the gunshots versus how many were caused by – and, again, this was a narrow – this was an enclosed area, so th- there were limited – this is always, you know, Janie, it's one of the, the problems you have when people talk about wanting to have extra security and stuff. This was an area where – entrance and exit was controlled. You know, they had metal detectors, they had security people. So what that means is... If you've got to go in through the security, if there's a couple controlled areas, you've got to go out through them. And when people were trying to run, I guess there was just nowhere to, to run.
2: Um, I, I also saw some reports from earlier this morning that, you know, they had fencing all the way around this, right. this area, uh, that in a number of cases there were so many bodies that portions of these fences came down, and that's how some people were able to get out of this area. Right, as
0: they pushed their way through right. it. Yeah, yeah. But, no, thank, that, but again, that, that's, that's part of the thing for people who say, okay, we want security, and, and obviously you do, but that means controlling entrances and exits to venues which means in a situation like this where people try to flee, you, you it's not like you could just scatter. You have to you know, go back in through the entrances and exits, which is what makes this problematic. Kevin in Walk Kevin, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
13: Well, good morning, Jeff. Hey, I was just out in uh, California last week in Los Angeles proper. And I did think about that before I went, thinking about how the rocket man was going to handle his decision-making. and But it wasn't going to stop me. Because whether I stayed here or whether I went there, he was going to do what he was going to do. Um, Every time in the past I think of a plane crash, I fly a lot. Right. (laughs) Whether I do or I don't, planes are still going to fall out of the sky. I
0: mean, you, you you don't live your life based around the fact that something, right, fear, that it's something that that you could be at the site of where where one of these these nuts goes off and does what they do.
13: No, black hearts do what black hearts want to do. They will find whatever means necessary to accomplish their goal. And all the well-intentioned folks of the world who want to ban guns and use that for maybe their cause du jour, but you can't stop guns, knives, brooms, planes, cars,
0: Trucks, trucks with explosives. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean,
13: we get more people. I'm not by any means minimizing what happened in Las Vegas, but at the same time, we have the opiate. It's the issue to deal with, but that's on a one by one by one case, yeah. and the numbers are just as greater
0: greater. Yeah, no thanks for call. No, and I and I, I appreciate you know and that. I, I my philosophy on this is um, that that life is short, and I don't think you can. You don't think you can or should live your life in fear. Now, that's not to say that you want to do things which are unreasonably risky. I will tell you there are parts of the world nowadays that I I don't think I would travel to at this particular time. But because you have a couple terrorist activities in Europe, does that mean I'm not going to go on a river cruise to see a part of the world that I've always wanted to see? Well, no, I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that because does that mean I'm going to stop going to Las Vegas, a place that I go to a couple times a year and have a lot of, of fun there, does that mean I'm going I'm to stop doing that because I'm afraid that something like this will happen? Well, I mean, the truth is this happened in Las Vegas, but something like this could have happened in New York. It could have happened in Miami. It could have happened in Washington, D.C. You know, it, I mean, that's another area. you got all these hotels that overlook some of the, these areas. I mean, I just, I refuse to say I'm not going to do things that I want to do in this world um, simply because I'm afraid that something bad might happen. And that is not minimizing the significance and how awful this was. And it's not saying that we shouldn't prepare, that we shouldn't be vigilant, that we shouldn't pay attention, that we shouldn't be aware of our surroundings, and that we shouldn't take reasonable measures to make us safe. But I think it would be, and i felt this way ever since 9-11, you know, okay, people were freaked out about traveling on planes. I understand that. But does that mean that we're, we're not... We're not going to take our families on vacations. Does that mean that you're not going to fly to Florida to get out of the Wisconsin winter? Does that mean, you know, the Packers are playing in Dallas at the Super Bowl, so you're not going to go to the Super Bowl because you know that that's a target of opportunity? Well, you you just, you have to, while not being reckless and risky, uh, life, life is in fact short, and you don't want to, I think, overreact by being just afraid to go out. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with more calls. It's 1126. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1128. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Beth and Brown Deer. Beth, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
14: Good morning. So um, I don't think I'm going to stop doing things just because of potential for this sort of thing to happen, but you know, I have taken a lot of steps with my family, with my children, to try to protect them should something like this happen, because I it could happen when we're at the grocery store. For all I know, right? So, I mean, a shopping just,
0: mall. You know, I mean, some crazy. And I, I don't mean to, you know, but I mean some 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 crazy person at Christmas time walks into a shopping mall and does something. You just, you know, h- how do you protect yourself?
14: Well, a lot of it is just you know, do you know where your exits are? Do you know who's around you? Right. Are you are you watching for that random person? It's eighty degrees out, and they're in a jacket. That seems weird, and understanding what's around you so that you can, you just paying attention. I think that's probably the biggest thing is paying attention. And, you know, I work in, out and around the public a lot. And I know every time I get to work every morning, I say, all right, so I know where my exits are. I know where, I know should something happen. I hate that I have to think this way. I really hate that. Right. But I do, I have to know if something happens, I need to get my guts out. I need to get myself out and how am I gonna do that? Well, well that
0: situational that's, awareness I think makes just a ton of sense, Beth. You know, I mean thinking about that stuff, but not not being trapped and not saying, Okay, I'm I'm not gonna go here because of this.
14: Right, right. And not just thinking of myself as a victim, but trying to be as proactive as I possibly can be.
0: Yeah, I mean no, th- and I think that's I mean that that's just smart. I mean, that, that, again, it's that situational awareness that's there. But, I mean, the idea of, gee, I'm not – I've, I've wanted to go to this particular venue because I've wanted to see this artist for the longest time, and it's a concert venue, and it's an outdoor setting, and it's going to be in an urban environment, and there's hotels around. I, you know, so I'm not going to go because some crazy person, you know, might have a, might have been planning something like this for a couple of days. I mean, that that's the, the issue that's there. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're we'll going to be back with more in just a moment. 1135, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. There's one more aspect of the story I want to discuss with you before the program ends. But right now we're talking about whether something like this would tra- change your travel plans, not necessarily to Las Vegas, but maybe to other places as well. As I was saying earlier, there are, there are perhaps a couple hot spots in the world that, that right now I, I would not go to. But as a general rule, the fact that, gee, you had if i if I wanted to go back to London with the fact that there's been like three terrorist attacks or four terrorist attacks in the last couple of months in London would that stop me from going well well no it would um the fact that you you've had other things in europe would that stop me from going to some place that i I want to see uh, nice for example in the south of france i think is the it's as beautiful a place in the world as I have ever been to and yet you had that that was the situation where you had the, the truck that drove up and killed all the, those people. Would I not go back to Nice because of the possibility of that? No. I, I just I, I want to live my life. Life is short and I, I refuse I refuse to be scared into not doing things that I, I want to do before that short life ends. Bob in Mequon. Bob you're on six twenty W T M J.
13: Hi, Jeff. How are you? Um I guess my answer to that is I flew to Fort Lauderdale the day after the airport's reopened after nine one one and uh, I didn't let it stop me then I'm not gonna let it stop me now.
7: I'm gonna live my life.
0: Yeah, and I mean I guess that's the I, I guess that's the way it, it should I mean it, it should be. I mean you wanna be vigilant, but you know what what can you do? You you gotta just continue to live your life.
13: Sure, I could be attacked at the Bucks game.
0: Uh, well, 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 right. It, it it could it just it could end up anywhere. I mean, th- thanks for calling. I was I was just okay on on saturday i was we 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 spent the weekend at the American club and we we were in we were in sheboygan we walked around the lakefront lots of people that were there that the it's really amazing what they've done with the lakefront in in sheboygan i mean they've they've completely revitalized that that area and we had a wonderful walk along the lakefront and all there there's people there's kids that are playing, but I'm sitting there i again i I didn't think of this at the time, but I guess you, you sit there and if if there was somebody that decided that they want to that they want to go out and they want to engage in some sort of terrorist behavior or something like that. What, what, are, you, what are you going to do? Are, are we not going to walk along the, the lakefront on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon? Well, no, you're, you're not going to allow the terrorists to, to drive you, and you're not going to allow fear to drive you. It just doesn't seem to me that that, that makes any sense at all. All right, I I want to switch gears because Steve Scafidi and Eric Bilstadt are coming in. They're going to continue to discuss this and and keep you updated. But there is another aspect of this story that I'm I'm sort of intrigued by, and I want to get your reaction to it. As we have been saying repeatedly during the morning, um, this does not appear to be a shooter that had an agenda, political or otherwise. You know, many times when you have these 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 mass killings, you look back and you can see somebody who was clearly disturbed, who was hooked up, you know, was one of the, the homegrown terrorists or was an ISIS supporter or was somebody who was a political extremist, either on the left or the right, or, you know, ha- had hooked up with militant groups. You're, you're able to, and you're able to go back and you're able to say, OK, gee, looking at this pattern, we, you know, we weren't able to do anything about it because he, he just talked in a crazy fashion but but you know we weren't able to do something about it but nevertheless you look back and you see all the signs in this particular situation and again it is still early in the investigation and and maybe things will change but at least so far it doesn't appear that this shooter the 64 year old man fits any of those characteristics he doesn't have a social media profile so it's not like he's on these anti government type of things it's he's not he's not there he appears to be for all intents and purposes a normal 64 year old guy he, the, the reports that are coming out, he likes to gamble. He worked, at least the early reports were, that he, he worked at Lockheed Martin. He's got a $400,000 house in a retirement community an hour and a half outside of Las Vegas. One of the early reports I saw said he you know, worked part-time as a building manager. There's no arrest record. There's no uh, – they're not out there finding neighbors who are saying, oh, this was this angry guy who sat there and, you know, grumbled about government or grumbled about the Republicans or grumbled about the Democrats. And and that's what the, the family is saying. The family is just – they're saying they're, they're just dumbstruck that this, this was the guy that was involved in it. They're not saying they saw any signs at all. Now, again, maybe – Upon further investigation, maybe twenty-four or forty-eight hours from now, there's going to be more stuff that comes out that suggests no. But at this point in time, all right, it, it appears that everybody's just saying he snapped. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text line. Do you buy that? I mean, would there be signs? Do you think that that somebody just wakes up one day last week? and decides this is the day I am going to behave in this particular fashion. The reason I'm intrigued by this is, you know, whenever we have these reports of the of the carjackings or or the shootings, one of the things I always say is, well, you know, they haven't arrested the person yet, and we, we don't know what their criminal record is. But my guess is you don't wake up one day and decide, gee, today's the day I'm going to take a revolver or a 9mm pistol and stick it in somebody's face and take their car. Normally – there is something that leads up to it. Normally, you have th- that pattern. You have the criminal record that shows. Okay, you've got the escalating sort of tensions, and it's like, okay, well, you started out, you know, shoplifting, and then you started stealing cars, and then you started carjacking people, and that led to armed robbery. Normally, that is this progression. A lot of times, when you go and again, and you look at the history of people who are involved in these shootings, that's precisely what you end up seeing. You see somebody who's agitated, a loner, progressively angrier, um, is is this a snap situation or are we going to find some sort of, of history behind this that might offer some explanation for why the man behaved as, as he did? That's the thing that's really, I mean, I, that I'm having trouble with, that one day you just to snap because that is the atypical situation I because mean, this isn't just a, th- this isn't just a g snap i somebody said something bad to me and i engaged in a road raid inc- incident this is a, a planned killing of i don't know tens of people potentially hundreds of people robert in new berlin robert you're in 620 wtmj good morning
10: yes good morning jeff thanks for taking my call I agree with you. I, I don't buy this as uh, a guy who just snapped. I mean, you think he checks into a hotel like three days beforehand, carries up 10 rifles up 32 floors, sits up there for a couple of days with an arm, you know, with a, with a whole arsenal of, of uh, bullets in that. Uh, if he snapped somewhere in those three days, you got to come back to reality and say, what am I doing?
0: You know, oh yeah, it clearly wouldn't be those three days you're right, I mean, he checked in I mean, so this was something that was clearly planned out. i mean I don't yeah. understand how you could interpret it any other way, yeah,
10: right, yes, uh, something is very odd, very strange about this man's background or his behavior, and we don't know at this point do you
0: think they do you think they are going to uncover something, maybe some i some anti government screeds or something like that? do you think who, that, knows, yeah. you
10: know, who knows jeff uh i mean i I just pray for the man and his family, you know and and that's all you can do at this point, and all those, all those. All victims, the victims. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that, and thanks again. That that's what th- there's. There's all, th- look. This is a very horrible situation, and there's a lot of the stuff that is unnerving. One of the the most unnerving things is this. Really did appear to be at, at least based on what we're being told thus far. This appeared to be a a normal guy. This isn't the one where you go back and say, "All right, this this is." This is the person that was involved. And and again, I don't don't want to politicize this. That's not my intention at all. This is the person who was, you know, on on all the anti-American websites. Or or this was the guy who was out there, you know, denouncing the Democrats or denouncing the Republicans who got worked up at the city hall meetings. That's not... At least so far, that's not this guy. The description is: this is a quiet guy who worked his entire life, who retires to you know a retirement community in Nevada. He likes to. He, he's a hunter. He's a pilot. He's got you know he likes to fish. Um, that's that's what the bizarre thing about this is. It's 11:45. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It is 1148, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Again, more details are, are going to emerge on this situation. And I know um, Scafidi and Bill Stat, and later Scott Warris, who's going to be filling in for John McCure, we will keep you updated. I mean, I think there's a lot of questions that are that, that still need to be answered. And when one of the most difficult times to do a radio show like this is when you, you have these breaking news stories, because there's all these different reports and um Some of the reports tend to be accurate. Some of the reports tend to be somewhat hysterical, and you want to sort of sort through that. Um, I I, I don't know. Maybe there are some larger lessons that we can take from this, and maybe for people who are calling for gun control, maybe it will turn out to be that there was some huge loophole in the law that this man was able to take advantage of to gain possession of automatic weapons. I don't believe that that's going to be the case, but we we will know that shortly. And, again, I still think one of the most, you know, Interesting stories is going to be what? What was the motivation? If people just say he snapped, who who does something like that? Um, it is eleven fifty. Let's go to Jane Mattiner, who's been doing a great job all morning with another breaking
11: news update.
2: Thank you very much, Jeff. Eleven forty nine. Joining ABC News with a live update.
11: Yet another worst mass shooting in U.S. history. This time, at least 58 dead, more than 500 wounded. When police say 64-year-old Steven Paddock targeted them from a high floor in the Las Vegas Mandalay Bay Hotel people scrambling to save their lives and others.
12: Some people driving through the gunfire, picking people up, piling them in their truck, other people covering their loved ones with their bodies, friends plugging the wounds of their other friends with their hands, stuffing their wounds with their shirts, anything to help them. In many cases, they hauled them out of harm's way, over fences and under that stage, just to get them out of harm's way, in so many instances, putting themselves at risk.
11: ABC's Matt Gutman in Las Vegas. along with most of America trying to understand why. Some kind of light
6: in the darkness. The answers do not come easy.
11: The shooter and apparent suicide. Shooting in Las Vegas, I'm Andy Field, ABC News. 1151 from the WTMJ Breaking News Center, I'm Matt Nair. And I'm
0: Jeff Wagner. Let's, let's take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap up my portion of the broadcast and then uh, we'll turn it over to Scafidi and Bill Stat. It's 1151. This is Jeff Wagner. <music> 54. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. And again, there's going to be all, there, there's all sorts of questions. Again, what will they be able, ever be able to figure out what caused this man to behave? like he did. I mean, one of the intriguing questions is they, they did find an arsenal up in, in this hotel room, and one of the questions is going to be, how did he get it up there? Um, did he get it up? He checked in for three days. So, I mean, and, and you'll know those type of things, because if you've ever been in Las Vegas, there, there's cameras everywhere. There's going to be cameras in the parking garage. There, I mean, there, there's cameras in all the floors. They'll be able to go back and, and see him bringing things in and, and out. It doesn't change anything, but it, it does answer some of those questions. Steve Scafidi in the house. Steve.
15: Yeah, and you and I both go to Vegas quite a bit. Yep. matter of fact, I just was there last month. I was there during the Bellagio shooting in the in the spring. Right. I mean, somebody walked into the uh, lobby of the casino, started...
0: Uh, Which is more typically how those things happen. Somebody walks into the casino and starts shooting, as opposed to this case, where the guy's 32 floors up.
15: Yeah, I mean, who would ever think that somebody would, first of all, shoot out a window on the 32nd floor and then target a group of people who are just out on a Sunday night enjoying a, a a country music concert, it's really stunning. And I always caution people, you can react too quickly before we know what's going on. We don't know a lot of the story yet. We know that this, this individual took guns into the hotel, shot these people from the 32nd floor. We don't know his motivation. There's all kinds of rumors going around. You can't pay attention to the rumors. Stick with what law enforcement tells you. I think that's the best case scenario here. So we're going to look at all aspects of this. We're going to talk to experts in law enforcement, certainly gun violence experts to tell us what's the impact when somebody's firing a rifle from a hotel window into a crowd, what that looks like.
0: Well, you have a number of people who are already out there saying, okay, this is a call for, for gun control, which... It may or may not be. I mean, the, the point is, what people lose sight of is, as a general rule, it is illegal to own an automatic weapon. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that now becomes the question, how did he get these weapons? Were these semi-automatic weapons that he converted? Did he buy them? Um, it, were, were they somehow licensed to him? Um, which I doubt. Uh, but those are all these different things. You know, could you tailor a law that would have stopped this? And my my gut feeling says, says no, but maybe more stuff will emerge.
15: Yeah, and you, you can't be re- reactionary when you're talking about these issues. We have a Second Amendment, and, and that gives people a lot of rights when, it, when, it, when you're talking about firearms. And in this country, there's lots of different kinds of conversation related to that story. What I care about right now is how this happened, who this individual is, who he's tied to, if anybody, what motivated him to do that, and the largest question we're going to ask today... Can we make ourselves safer when we when we're in large venues in the public? Is that even possible?
0: I mean, you go you were saying you, you and I both go to Vegas a lot. I mean, you could just I'm just I'm picturing the the hotel at the MGM or or Bellagio or Mandalay Bay. You know, you go there at busy times and and you've got hundreds of people waiting to or check in and of check people. out. Yeah. I, I mean and and so what what are you going to do make everybody who goes into a casino go through a metal detector then there's lots of people who just go into the hotels because they're not even staying there but they might be walking through there on the way to another hotel
15: and we've seen in the last few years all these public venues have added metal detectors but that doesn't help what happened here because you could all, they could have had people checked all day and night into that concert this individual shooting down at them, none of that would have helped. Right. And that's the, the key thing you have to remember here. How can you make people say, given that, that wild card that says you can't plan for every scenario?
0: Right, or take a scenario where this guy, let, let just assume he drives a rental car, for example. You know, you have the guns in the, the trunk of the car. He checks into his hotel room, you know, he's got a regular bag, and then for the next three days he's going back and forth to the car bringing duffel bags. We don't know that, but it's like, all right, you know, how, how can you, do you have a metal detector on every floor, for example?
15: Yeah, it's it's tough. And as somebody who loves Las Vegas, loves going there, they've done a lot to make people safer. Look, just look at the the Las Vegas Boulevard. They've kept the pedestrians away from traffic. The airport has certainly ramped up their security. When I when I checked out of Vegas last time I was there, they had they had gun sniffing and explosive sniffing dogs in the in these security lines. They've done all they can do. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk to experts. Eric and I are going to certainly cover all the latest on the very unfortunate uh, situation in Las Vegas. That's all coming up next. Scafidi and Bilstead.